marvelous light. For that, we thank you and we declare your praise. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you, church. You may be seated. It's good to pray together. It's good to share the burdens of life together as God's family, as one church. God does call people out of darkness and into marvelous light. And when he does so, he marks it uh, in a person's life through um, a, a ceremony, an ordinance we call it at church, called baptism. And that's actually what we want to talk about this morning, because baptism is how God declares the story of what he is doing in a person's life. Um, my own uh, journey as a follower of Jesus began when I was really, really young, but it is marked out by several key milestones. I was raised uh, to, in, in a home with uh, two Christian parents who were regular church attenders, uh, attending a very gospel-focused church. I initially made a profession of faith in Christ when I was so young, I don't even remember doing it. Uh, my mother had to tell me the story later. But I also don't remember a time when I didn't believe that Jesus died for my sins and that I would go to heaven when I died because I was banking on that. That was kind of how my journey with Jesus began. Such was the nature of my genuine but pretty simple childhood faith. But I would say the next real milestone for me came when I was a teenager. I had just turned 15, and I will never forget the day in August of 1986 uh, right before my sophomore year of high school started. Yes, for those of you who want to do the math, I'm turning 50 this year. Can we just get that out of the way? There we go. Okay. So all of those years ago, uh, there was a significant milestone for me because I was off at the uh, high school group summer camp of my church that I'd gone to, you know, um, regularly youth summer camps. And for whatever reasons, uh, I think it was just where I was at in my own personal and spiritual maturing, it became abundantly clear to me that week uh, that I really needed to decide with, if this life was going to be for Jesus or not. Like It was just clear to me that I had inherited this faith in Jesus from my church and from my parents, but I was old enough now that it was becoming clear to me that you know, it really wasn't my parents who were responsible for this life. It was me, and that was only going to become more and more true as I moved through my 15th year and then my 16th year and on into my adult years. And so it became clear to me, like, i got to decide. Am I really a follower of Christ because that's what I believe or just because that's the faith I inherited? That was a key moment for me. And I vividly remember choosing Jesus till death. 35 years ago, it is Jesus until I die. And that still chokes me up a little bit. That was so, so vivid a moment for me. And at the end of that week, I was baptized. I'm really glad that that's when I was baptized and not earlier. I was baptized in the Pacific Ocean on the north edge of Monterey Bay in central California at Santa Cruz Beach. Uh, I remember vividly standing a little more than waist deep in the surf with the guy who was our high school ministry pastor of that church, Mark Tyler, at the time as he immersed me down under the salty sea and I emerged with this consciousness that Christ has forgiven my sins and that affects my trajectory from now and forever. I remember that as if it happened yesterday. We often use ceremonies to mark off major milestones in life, don't we? A wedding ceremony to mark the beginning of a lifelong marriage. Uh, graduation ceremonies to commemorate the achievement of educational objectives and so on and so forth. And as you read the New Testament, you realize that the 
that God regularly also uses ceremonies, um, religious rituals, both Old Testament and New, to mark off significant moments in the lives of individuals and in the lives of his people collectively. And particularly as you read the New Testament, you see that that's what baptism is supposed to be. Uh, A significant ceremony that marks off the major milestone of a person becoming a Christian a disciple of Jesus. But we didn't come up with this ceremony on our own. This is actually a ceremony that Jesus himself came up with. And so we're going to talk about baptism this morning because uh, the pandemic has caused us as a church, like it did so many churches, to pause baptisms for now looking back, it's been actually more than a year. That was far longer than we thought we were going to be pausing them when we decided last year to pause baptism in the early days of the pandemic when we were all kind of trying to figure out what's safe and what's not safe. But at this stage in the fight against the coronavirus, we believe the time is right to get back to baptizing. Actually, I mentioned to some people this morning, I think this is the last thing we are reintroducing as a church from all the things that we stopped. Um, We started gathering again physically. So many of you are here. That's awesome. So even though that's still limited, we started doing that. We started having limited children's ministry classes again. Our small groups have begun meeting. Uh, We resumed receiving the Lord's Supper, which we had paused for a while a few months ago. Baptism is kind of the last thing that we pulled back from, and it's time to get back to, even if it's in a provisional or uh, limited sense. And so we are excited to do that this morning. What we're going to do this morning is, is um, take a step toward resuming live baptisms, and the step is going to be this. We have two people who are part of our church who have been baptized actually in this room just a couple of days ago when there were far few people present, and we video recorded that. We are going to show you not only their own testimonies of what God is doing in their lives, but in a little while in the service, we're going to get to see the video of their baptisms that took place here just a couple of days ago. That's going to be a little different for those of us that are used to seeing it live, and I hope to resume live baptisms again very soon but church I want to encourage us that when we see people being baptized it's here it's real and we're going to celebrate both those people are here this morning and we get to celebrate with them so I'm looking forward to this step toward resuming live baptisms now just before we get to that video this is a great opportunity because it's been a while since we've been able to baptize this is a great opportunity to talk about what baptism is from the bible We haven't talked about baptism as a church for a couple of years. Thank you, coronavirus. And we're conscious that so many of us have different experiences and so many of us who are here in the building this morning or maybe tuning in on our live stream have different backgrounds with baptism and understandings of it, its importance, how important are the details and all those kinds of things. We thought this is a great opportunity to not just get back to the practice, but go to the Bible and refresh ourselves and learn and relearn together why Jesus marked off this particular ceremony for his people. So that's what we're going to do for the next few minutes. We're going to cover an overview of what the Bible teaches about baptism, see Jesus' instructions on it, and hopefully address at least a couple of the common questions that people have about baptism today from our experience. Uh, We will probably raise five questions for everyone that we answer this morning, and so we just want to see this as the beginning of a conversation about baptism that we would love to continue with you on a one-on-one basis. I'll say more about that in just a moment. So I want to encourage you, if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, either print or digital, grab them uh, and get ready. Uh, We're going to 
look at several different passages of Scripture in the New Testament this morning, and so we're going to kind of reverse our normal approach to Scripture rather than beginning with a passage and sort of inductively seeing what it says and then drawing conclusions. We're going to start with the conclusion. We're going to start at the end, and I'm going to kind of try to work backwards and show you some of why we think that's the right conclusion from Scripture. I'll refer to it a couple of times, but let me just say beforehand that we're going to have to move quickly just because of the time we have this morning. We have a great little booklet called Understanding Baptism. It's this little book right here. We've got about 15 copies of these with some more that are on the way. They were delayed in their shipping, and they're going to be available for you to pick up if you're interested in diving a little bit into more detail that we're talking about today. Uh, We've got those available after the service. You can go out and grab one of these, or if we run out of them, we can either write your name down or you can just get on the internet and order your own copy. These are $7, which just covers our costs, basically. And you can see that while it gets into some really good questions in Scripture about baptism and what it is and isn't, it's not that long a book. So I would highly encourage you to pick up a copy of this book, Understanding Baptism. The author's name is Bobby Jameson. So with that in mind, let me dive in there, and let's just begin at the very beginning. We're going to start at the end and work backwards. This is one way to summarize what the Bible teaches baptism is. Okay, A lot of different ways you could... Uh, summarize it and and word it. This is the one that we're going to go with this morning. So we're just going to state it, and then we'll back up and look at this from Scripture. Baptism is Jesus' ordained way of declaring and depicting that a person has repented and believed in him. It's Jesus' ordained way of declaring and depicting that a person has repented and believed in him. If you want to write that down, I'm going to move forward, and don't worry, you'll be able to write it down, because what I want to do for the next few minutes is break this into three parts, and we'll kind of see the main parts of this definition and where they come from in Scripture, okay? First of all, let's work on this idea that this is Jesus' ordained way of declaring that a person has repented and believed in him. What does it mean that it's Jesus' ordained way? It means that this is something that Christ has given to us. If you are in uh, your Bibles, you can look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. We're going to start there, a passage known by many of us as the Great Commission. This is an important passage of Scripture in our life as a church. Jesus' final words in the Gospel of Matthew to his disciples. Starting in verse 18, uh, sorry, verse 17, uh, Jesus has gathered his disciples together when they saw him. This is after he's died. It's after he's risen from the dead. He's about to return to heaven. He gives his disciples, his church initially, their marching orders, our marching orders. And so when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. They were still struggling with, did Jesus really rise from the dead or not? He gathers them together and he says to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So what are we supposed to do? Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all peoples, all ethnic groups, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. What I want us to see here with regard to baptism is that this is something Jesus has ordained. This was instructions he gave to his followers. Go make more disciples by communicating the message of the gospel that I have taught you. I'm about to leave, so I'm now entrusting this message to you. You pass it on to other people, and when they believe it, you commemorate their entrance into the kingdom of God by baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me point out something that seems really obvious at first. I mean, it is obvious, but it's important. 
It's important. Baptism is something that is done to you by somebody else. There's no biblical basis for me to say, you know what, I think I'm a follower of Jesus now. I'm going to go to a cannonball in the deep end and come back out and say, yippee, I'm baptized. Nobody baptizes themselves. Jesus told his disciples, you go baptize other people. Baptism is something done to you. Now, there's a reason we don't baptize ourselves, and that's because we don't decide for ourselves who Jesus is and what it means to follow him. We don't decide for ourselves who Jesus is or what it means to follow him. Jesus has declared who he is, and Jesus has decreed what it means to follow him. He spent three and a half years teaching that to his disciples, but then he left, and he said, now here's an important message. This is who I am. This is what it means to follow me, not anything else, and guys, I'm entrusting that message to you. That's what he told his disciples. I'm entrusting that message to you, you guys are the ones who have the real gospel and the real instructions of how to respond to it. You now go share that with the world. And that's why he said you baptize people because when somebody's being baptized, they're not simply announcing that I've chosen to follow Jesus on my own in a way that, that is meaningful to me. They're saying I have chosen to follow the real Jesus the way the real Jesus told me to follow him. And the person that the local church, the person that is entrusted with that message is the one who um, announces that, who confirms that through the act of baptism. In Matthew chapter 16 and 18, uh, Jesus said to his church, uh, initially speaking to Peter in context in chapter 16, he said, um, Peter, uh, I'm not going to call you Peter the rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And then he said something interesting. And he said to you, plural, meaning not just Peter, but, but his church, everybody who would follow after in his footsteps. He says, to you, plural, I give the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall have already been bound in heaven, and what you loose on earth shall have already been loosed in heaven. Really interesting passage of scripture. Basically what it means is the church has this role to proclaim the gospel and announce and declare that those who have responded to the gospel have responded to the right gospel. We're not just making up Jesus on our own. We're following the Jesus who announced himself in his word as stewarded by his church. And why do we point all this out? Because I think in this way, baptism is something that helps us, particularly in our context, uh, modern America. It helps us undermine an unhealthy independence of choice in matters of our faith in Christ. Uh, independence is a good thing. Choice is often a good thing, but it has its limits. And culturally, we're probably more apt to see the value of choice than maybe the downsides of it. Baptism is not just some like human tradition that somebody made up at some point, and you can sort of take it or leave it. It's not really that important. Um, rather, it is a command from Jesus that his followers obey. And to become a Christian is to say, I recognize that the message of Jesus I believe in, and I'm going to respond to it the way Christ has told me to respond to it in repentance and faith. So what all this means is that in the act of baptizing, a church is actually saying something. When, when we baptize a person, the church is saying something. The church is essentially saying this person has responded to the gospel that Jesus declares in the way that Jesus declares. 
This person has responded to the gospel of Christ in repentance and faith. This person belongs to Jesus on the authority of Jesus' own words. Not on the authority of the church's words, but the church has the role to declare and steward that message and pass it on. So the idea of baptism starts with the idea that this is Jesus' ordained way of following him. He's given us instructions, not suggestions, called baptism. That's why we do it. To be baptized is to follow Christ's command. Which leads to the next idea. What then are we (laughs) declaring? Um, Jesus' ordained way to do what? Well, it's Jesus' ordained way to declare and depict that a person is a Christian. Before we get to that, let's, let's stop and think about that middle part. To both declare and depict. To declare is to say something. To depict is to show it. Baptism is a show and tell. Did you realize that? It's a huge show and tell. What are we saying and what are we showing? Baptism is a very simple um, ceremonial act of being immersed in water in the name of Jesus, but it has a ton of predetermined symbolism and meaning. It's communicating something. First of all, it is declaring identification with Jesus. It is identifying union with and identification with Jesus. For example, 1 Corinthians in the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. This is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a first century church in a city called Corinth, hence the name Corinthians. And he is helping them correct some mistakes uh, in, in their practice as a church. Particularly, they are divided Um, Some people are more loyal to Paul, who started the church. Some people are more loyal to a guy named Apollos, who later came and was kind of the main preacher and really helped the church grow. And they're sort of, they're not unified around Jesus. And he is writing to sort of take them to task for that. And in the midst of making that point, he says this, I'll start in verse 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He says, it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. Talking to people together in a church. What I mean is that each of you says, I follow Paul or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. (laughs) And then he asks a series of rhetorical questions. Is Christ divided? Answer, no. (laughs) Um, Was Paul crucified for you? Referring to himself, answer, no. (laughs) And then he asks this interesting rhetorical question. Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Answer being no. What were you baptized in the name of? Jesus Christ. You were baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, you see the argument he's making? When you were baptized, you were identifying with God. And since you were all baptized into identifying with the same God, you should be unified because you're all about following God together, which tells us something really interesting about baptism. When we are being baptized, the Bible says, we are identifying with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The very word baptize in its original Greek language that the New Testament was written in means to to immerse, to dunk something usually in water, but it actually had a, a bit more of a connotation than that. It wasn't just to get something wet. It was to get something wet, thereby changing it. Uh, They would often use this term in in non-religious 
circles to talk about dyeing cloth. You get a white piece of cloth, you dip it in purple dye, and you leave it immersed in that dye long enough. When you pull it out, it's no longer white cloth. It's been changed. There's actually an interesting uh, little tidbit that archaeologists dug up some time ago. I'm not quite sure when they made the discovery, but it's actually a recipe, a recipe, a cookbook, from about 200 B.C., 200 years before the time of Jesus. And it's a recipe for making pickles. Literally. And so in this recipe, they use this word baptize. This is 200 years before Jesus. They're like, you take the cucumber and you baptize it. You immerse it in the vinegar and whatever other like little pickling spices they use long enough that it soaks it up. So when you pull it out, guess what? It's not a cucumber anymore. It's a pickle, right? It's been changed by the process of being immersed and they called that baptism. Now Jesus and the New Testament writers grab that word and they say, yeah, that's what this ceremony means. You get immersed in water because you're identifying with me. You don't come up the same person you were. You are now mine. You belong to me. Baptism is a way of declaring I am a disciple of Jesus. I'm just waiting for somebody to message me on Facebook and talk about being pickled for Jesus. That's going to cause all kinds of problems. Please don't do it. Let's just move on, okay? 